are excited to get ready to worship our King together. If you want to come on in. Good morning, everybody. Time for church. Come on in, grab a seat. We're ready to get rolling this morning. Good to have you today. Let's all prepare our hearts for, for worship this morning. Live streamers, it's good to have you. Let's all prep our hearts for worship as we're here in the house of the Lord this morning. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Ever be 
Your kindness makes us whole. You shoulder our weakness, and your strength becomes our own. You're making me like you, clothing me in white, bringing beauty for ashes. For you will have your bride, free of all. right into his inheritance the one who puts a places a ring on our finger the one who calls us home the one who is preparing a place even now your praise will forever be on our lips because you are worthy not because we want something back father but just because we love you and you are good 
He makes a way every time. And his ways are higher than our ways. They don't always make sense to us, but he always makes a way. He saw the end from the beginning. He is the ultimate way maker. Hallelujah. stop working never stop never stop working even 
I love about the Lord is he gives us exactly what we need. Sometimes we need the fire by night and the cloud by day. And sometimes we just need a lead, need what he is saying to us inside. But he always provides exactly how we need. 
And so let's just worship him today. He is worthy of our praise. I just encourage you to step out of your comfort zone and praise him because he is worthy. So if you never raise your hands, I encourage you to raise your hands. If you got to start here, that's okay. But give him the worst, the praise that he deserves because he is good, because he alone is worthy. If you're not used to dancing, maybe you're going to go side to side today. But I just encourage you to move a little bit and just show him that you're listening, that you love him, that you will do whatever he calls you to do because he indeed is good. Hallelujah. He is just so worthy.
to start over when we come to him. Amen. Hallelujah. He is so, so good. Well, we're glad to have you here with us this morning. If you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning and kids are dismissed to Children's Church, we're excited to have you here.
All right, well, good morning. We'll give everybody a chance to get their kids checked in at Kids Church. I got a little ring up here, Tom. Get them checked in at Kids Church, and we'll take up tithe and offering in just a moment. But it's good to have you live streamers. It's good to have you with us also, wherever you're watching from and whatever platform you are on. That, Samara, that was a new song we sang, the fourth one. What's the title of that song? How good! I like that song. I like. How many know the Lord is good? Amen. And and we need a, our response is a constant uh, worship from how we live in our life to the goodness of the Lord. Amen. So, uh, Tom, I still got to ring up your whatever's going on. Um, Tithe and offering. So if you can prepare that envelopes in the chair in front of you. Uh, if not, wave your hand around and one of the ushers will help you out. Uh, our giving in the house is important. We appreciate your giving. You are faithful in your giving. And, and as you give, it's always our prayer. We, we pray uh, wisdom to be good stewards with the money that comes in the house, not only for what we do here in the church, but outside of the church. And we believe that our, our giving uh, is part of, of how we work to advance the kingdom of God. So thank you for your giving. Um, and, and I know that... Uh, I know maybe some of you have wondered, our, our Thanksgiving offering last year, uh, we had said about uh, doing the roof. We're, we're still getting there on that. We haven't forgot. We did set those funds aside. So uh, before the winter, we are still planning on dealing with the roof. But anyhow, just so you know that. But uh, again, we appreciate all of your giving and your faithfulness to the house. Lord, we thank you uh, for being here this morning with us in your presence, and, and I pray our worship is pleasing to you, and you are good, and I pray that in all that we do is response to your goodness, Lord. And as we give this morning in the provision uh, of what you've brought to our lives, Lord, as we respond with our tithe and our offering, Lord, and always remembering that you are the complete provision of our life. And we thank you for that as we give today in Jesus' name. We all say amen. amen. Bring it on down if you have something this morning. And while you do that, um, I do have a couple quick announcements. School supplies, you can see on the uh, table in the back, there's a lot of school supplies there. So our goal was uh, to provide school supplies for all of the, the students here in our church. And if we had any overflow, we'll take them over to your banner schools. Uh, Wednesday is the deadline for bringing school supplies in. Next Sunday, when church is over, we're going to distribute the school supplies. Okay, so, uh, and if you happen to miss next Sunday, that's cool. Uh, we'll we'll uh, set some aside for you. But anyways, uh, and we're trying to provide just all the needs uh, for your child to school you, whether they're homeschooled or public schooled. So uh, please bring them in by Wednesday if you're planning on doing some do donation for that. And thank you so much. There's a lot of stuff back there. I think it's so great. Thank you for what you've already brought in. Also, don't forget church-wide prayer um, every Monday from 6 to 7 right here. Prayer is vitally important. I'm going to say it again because you all just stared at me. Prayer is vitally important. Amen. Yes, and, and we as a church, we are a praying church. So, um, uh, Tom, I'm not sure. If, is anybody else hearing that ringing or is that just me? There's a lot of ringing in, in this so I'm not sure what the story is. Thanks for working on that for me, Tom. Um, so every Monday from 6 to 7, we come together and we gather for church-wide prayer. We fight for this church. We fight for the people in our church, and we fight for our community in our prayer that God will do what only God can do 
among us. So if you've never been to church-wide prayer, I encourage you to come out. Um, and and uh, if you're a regular but haven't been around, we started back up last week from a summer break. So that's tomorrow from 6 to 7. Um, here's a brand new announcement. And Mike's got the details on this, so Mike isn't here this morning. So keep praying for Mike and uh, Donna and Tanya and all the different people that, that have been out with various things. But we have rented a bowling alley on September 9th for two hours on a Friday night for free bowling for the church. So we just get together and bowl. So uh, that's a, a little more than a month now. So September 9th, Friday night, I think it's from 7 to 9. But Mike's got the details. Free bowling for everybody. You just have to buy your own snacks. But entrance fee, shoes fee, all that, we're going to cover it. And we're just going to hang out and have fun together. All right? So maybe we'll have some sort of a prize for the pop top score and maybe a prize for the worst score or something like that. So... <laughs> That way everybody's included, you know what I'm saying? Um, maybe some of you will throw the bumper guards down for you, whatever, whatever the case may be. So that's September night, so uh, mark your calendars for that. It'll be a good time. Other than that, uh, that's all I have for announcements. Um, if, uh, if your child is going with, and service is gonna be a tad shorter today than normal, because there is a big children's event at the Botkins campus today um, for, for kids. It's a big water event, so I'm driving them over. So we're gonna short up service just a tad, and those kids that are going that way, we can get over there. It's an hour drive to the Botkins campus so we can enjoy our time there today. So anyways, if, you're, if your child's going for that, as soon as church is over, if you can gather them up, get them ready, and we'll jump in the van and head on over there. All right, that's it. Get your Bibles out if you have them today. I encourage you, I know uh, the media team, justice and team always does a great job of putting the scriptures up on the screen, but I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church anyhow and follow along in the scriptures. I'm, I'm you know, social, you know, technology is good until it's not. I mean, what I'm talking about. Social media is okay until it's not. I mean, what I'm talking about. And so, so as much as there are times that I do get into my Bible on my phone, I will never not use this more than, than technology. Okay, it's just something about it. And by the way, maybe, let me just throw this out, just something that was just on my heart yesterday. Um, again, social media is good until it's not. Maybe not for all of you, but maybe for some of you. Maybe, maybe just throw that. Maybe there can be one day a week where you go social media free and commit a day of not just being involved in what turns out to be a mess a lot on social media. Social media is not a mess for you, fine, but if sometimes you feel like it's a mess, maybe a day a week of being separated from it would be good for your soul. How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe, maybe it's a challenge for you. I, I, I don't want to when I get up in the morning, I'm not sure why I'm talking about this, but let me just throw this out. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I don't want to do is get on social media. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is, is spend some time in prayer, get into this, but then if I, if I get into this on my phone, I have a tendency then to slide over into all the other stuff that's on my phone. That's why I think I like to have this and not just my phone, because my phone can be distracting. So all of a sudden there's emails there, there's texts coming in, there's phone calls, and you know? And then, then once you start your day off with him, you may be in a better place then to interact with something like social media. 
You know, so, so in other words, all the different things we have an opportunity to partake in in life are good until they're not, but they must be balanced properly. So if you, if you would sit here and think, man, I'm not sure I could do a day without social media, you're probably the type of person that needs to take a break from social media, if you know what I'm talking about. I know some of you drive your business through that stuff. I understand all that stuff. But I'm just saying, for the sake of your heart, guard your heart. Amen? I know sometimes I'm not a big Facebook person. Mostly my Facebook's interactions with our church page. But now and then I jump on and, and scroll through and like some things that I see. And, and sometimes before I get in there, I have to go, oh, Lord, Jesus, help, help me. Jesus, help me before I open up this app. So I don't get agitated. <laughs> and just, you know, I'm, I mean, all I'm talking about. So guard your heart. All right, John chapter 3. We're in a series called Images of Salvation. I want you to have a full picture of what it means to be saved. As if over this series we're painting a picture or putting a puzzle together that you get a big picture idea of what it means to be saved, not only the security of your salvation, but the nowness of your salvation connected to the future fullness of your salvation, okay? We are people who are saved by a God who saves, a God who is not distant, but a God who comes to us very personally and saves us, deals with our sin, sets us free from our sin, saves us from sin and the penalty of sin and saves us to new life in him. So we've been talking about words like redemption and reconciliation and forgiveness and adoption, different things that we've been uh, talking about. I would encourage you, if you've missed the series, uh, jump back and, and catch some of the archives of where we've been. But John chapter 3 is a, is a famous, if you've been around Christianity at all, th this is not a new passage of scripture to you. But it gives one more aspect or an image of salvation. So John chapter 3 and verse number 1. Let's read for a little bit here. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees. Now, I'm going to stop and talk a little bit as, as we're going through this. The Pharisees were, and you find in the Gospels, you, you, you see them as sort of the the, the almost the bad guys of the gospel because they were, they were against Jesus, right? But you know that the Pharisees and their motivations weren't really bad guys. The Pharisees simply desired to see God come in a powerful way, and that's not in its motivation a wrong thing. And you have to see this overarching picture of, of, of the Bible where at times Israel would end up in exile, and they would end up in exile because of sin. And through a process of forgiveness of sin and God dealing with them, he would bring them back out of exile, okay? And the whole focus of, of Israel to reclaim a promised land and, a, and an independent nation and, and its proper worship and all those different things. And the Pharisees wanted to see that. And in their mind, with Roman rule, they were in exile in a certain way. Even though they were in the land, they were still being ruled by other people, and they didn't want it. So there was this thought that maybe because Israel was in a, a bit of a sin, so the Pharisees felt that if we live the tenets of the law in a perfect way, it will cause God to return and bring favor to us again. So their motivation wasn't necessarily wrong. They just got off with it in the wrong way. So there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and this may... Uh, actually say that Nicodemus may have been part of Sanhedrin, which is the ruling uh, party, the Pharisees, and they, they were the ones that uh, dealt with kind of being the, the court of, of Jewish law. 
This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, now, now why did Nicodemus come at night? He was coming under the cover of the night. Uh, he didn't want to be open with meeting with Jesus, okay? He was a Pharisee. He, he, he was seeing what was happening, but also seeing what uh, his group was saying about Jesus. So he comes by the cover of the night pretty much really to find out if this guy, Jesus, was genuine. And, and he said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he's seeing the miracles, and because of the miracles of Jesus, uh, there's the rumors going around, this, this, this man is from God. Let, let's, what is he? Who is he? What is he about? And Jesus answered him. And, and it's kind of funny. So he, he comes, hey, we think you're from God. And Jesus goes right to the point. He doesn't even mess around. He says, truly, truly. In other words, pay attention to what I'm about to say. That unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So an image of salvation is to be born again. That's one way we can say. So when you, when you say, I'm saved, you can say, that means I have been born again. And you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God coming back into a sinful and lost world. That's, that's really what, it's, it's the government of God, if you would. It's not a kingdom of God marked by borders of countries. It's the kingdom of God, as Jesus says, that is within you and moves around you, can move through you. The kingdom of God is wherever there is a believer. That's where the kingdom of God is. It's not marked by political or, or national boundaries. Remember, we had the chart up a couple weeks ago about all, all the nations in the world where people claim to be Christians and the numbers that are, where's the kingdom of God? Wherever those people are, that's where the kingdom of God is. We move from ethnic Israel, from a promised land in the Middle East, to everybody, everywhere. That's the kingdom of God. So if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God and come under the reign and rule of God, you must be born again. So verse number four, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? He's not catching it. He's not really seeing what Jesus is saying. He's seeing it in a very literal way. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this idea of being born again is seeing the kingdom. It's entering into the kingdom. Uh, being born of water and of the Spirit, a lot of different uh, ideas of what Jesus is actually talking about, but mainly, probably, he's drawing on John the Baptist, baptizing people for repentance of their sin, born of water, and of then the work of the Spirit. So there is a repentance for sins, and then there's the work of God, the work of the Spirit, the work of regeneration to make you new. That's to be born again. You think about this idea of spiritual rebirth. Not, not being physically born again as Nicodemus is sort of seeing it, 
but literally inside I am made new. It's essentially entering into a new world. So I am not a big baby person. What I mean by that is if you have a brand new, brand new born baby, you say, hey, do you want to hold this child? I'm usually like, I'm not sure because I want to hurt it, break it. It's fragile. You know what I'm saying? When they get to be toddlers and they're rough and tumble and wrestle, that's me. Baby, newborn babies, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But the, there's, but the, I remember when my kids are being born and we have kids in the church. There's something incredible about a brand new life. You know what I'm talking about? And, and not only that brand new life, but the entirety of the life in front of that brand new life. You see what I mean? I, I know some of you ladies, I heard you say, man, you kind of smell them. Oh, don't they smell so good? And then, then some of you, man, maybe I'll start to have more of my own kids. And then all of us guys are like, no, no, no. My wife does that. I'm saying, no more babies. We're, we're way past the prime of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, Margo, give the baby back, okay? We'll, we'll just keep on with our life, right? But, but there's something about the freshness, the newness of a brand new born baby. That's what happens in here at salvation. You are literally, inwardly, no matter how old you are, made new. Born all over again with a brand new, fresh start with new life in front of you. I, I love, maybe you guys know, some of you may know this, Calvin and Hobbes, the cartoon. Everybody see Calvin and Hobbes cartoon? I love Calvin and Hobbes, okay. And the very, the very last uh, cartoon panel that Bill Watterson ever drew uh, was Calvin and Hobbes, and I'm not even gonna go who they are, but they're on a, a toboggan a sled and it always is this white panel of snow in front of him. It's like a brand new adventure. It's like uh, the, the, the erase board has been completely cleaned. New life in front to have brand new adventure. You know, that's what it is to be born again. But that adventure comes with God because you've been set free and you made brand new. So you can have brand new life in front of you in the kingdom. That's what it means to be born again. Let's, let's keep reading. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, verse 6. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, what you have to understand is that the spirit does this work. It's another way of saying you can't save yourself. You can't earn your salvation. There's something we've been saying a lot in this series in Romans on Wednesdays. You cannot earn your salvation. You can't build enough brownie points with God. You can't do enough nice things for your neighbor. You can't bring in enough school supplies for the church. You can't do enough to earn your salvation. It is absolutely positively a work of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit comes and regenerates you and makes you brand new. Things of flesh are of flesh, but things of the spirit are of the spirit. It is a supernatural work of God that brings a brand new born-again life to you. Let's keep reading. 
Now, verse 7, do not marvel that I say to you, or Jesus saying to Nicodemus. And by the way, this makes an impression on Nicodemus. If you, if you read through the Gospels, later on, Nicodemus, uh, he defends Jesus to the council. At the very end, he's one that brings spices to the tomb at, at the burial of Jesus. So Jesus makes a, a, a big impression upon Nicodemus with the things he's saying here. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. I love this verse, verse 8. For the wind, and that word wind can be translated wind or spirit in the Greek. The wind blows where it wishes, the spirit goes where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. The Holy Spirit does his work of renewal in each person as he wills. You see that? As he wills. For the one that cries out to him as he will. We don't control it. We don't get to tell him what to do and how to do it and who to do it with. It is the work of the spirit that blows like the wind as it will to see this work of being born again in people's lives. Verse 9. So Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teachers? So the Pharisees felt they were the teachers of Israel and teaching the law and the keeping of the law and those kind of things. Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? So even those that thought they knew the scriptures the best were missing what Jesus was up to. As a matter of fact, later uh, he, he makes comment, he says, uh, you, you guys think you find salvation in the scriptures, but listen, the scriptures testify about me. That's ultimately what it all leads to, is to Jesus. Remember after his resurrection, he's on the road of Emmaus, and he kind of appears with, with two guys walking, and they're talking about what happened, about Jesus being crucified and all this different stuff, and, and he begins to dialogue with them. And at some point, he's just like, okay, let me explain this to you. And he, he goes back into the scriptures and explains all of the things from the prophets and the, and the law of Moses to explain how it all was about him the whole time. Remember, their hearts were open and it kind of like their hearts caught on fire. They were ablaze with the revelation of God. Ultimately... This book right here, this collection of books that we call the Bible, is a testimony to Jesus Christ. So it points to, it's ultimately what this is about. That we come to a saving knowledge in the revelation of Jesus. So how is it that we can be born again? All the way down to verse number 16. Let's jump down. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order the world might be what? Saved through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the, of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works be exposed. 
But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So you got to put so God so loved the world back in the context of being born again. You hear that verse on its own all the time. It should be uh, proclaimed as it is. But being born again leads into the explanation, how does this happen? For God so loved the world, the entire world, that he sent his only son to this world. That if you would believe in him, this whole thing of repentance and the renewal of the Holy Spirit that he said with water and the Spirit happens within you. And if that is the case, you will not perish in eternity without him, but you will have eternal life with him. See, I am born again today. I was born again a lot of years ago when I was 17 years old. I've been learning what it means to live a new life in front of me within the framework of the kingdom of God. I see the kingdom and I'm in the kingdom because I'm born again. Entrance into the kingdom of God is salvation. Now, what does it mean to live in this kingdom that is not of this world, but yet is in this world? That's the kingdom of God. What's it mean to live by the fact that Jesus is my king and he's my Lord? And what, what, is, what does it mean to live in, in the ways of this kingdom? That's what I'm learning. And this whole business of born again reorients me to this everlasting life. That's what's to come. So my salvation was a past event. I was born again. I was a 17-year-old messed up kid who cried out to God, and literally, I, I, my terminology was I finally gave in. He, he was working me. I finally gave in. But in that moment, and however your salvation worked out, and however God courted you or busted into your life, whatever he did, for me, that's the way it was. At that moment, even though I didn't understand it, even though I was ignorant of all of this different stuff, I was born again. And that whole new life in front of me, a brand new panel, if you would, of, of, of freedom in him to live life according to his kingdom, that reoriented my life to this everlasting life. My salvation was a past event that's still working itself out and is pointing me to a future existence with him. That's the scope of salvation. I'm born again. Right here, I was like a brand spanking new baby, crying and wailing and needing help from my new father. Couldn't do it on my own. I wasn't completely, just immediately mature. He needed to feed me, change my diapers, carry me around, put me to sleep, tell me what was right and wrong in all the business. He started all brand new with me. That's life in him. That he is not just my savior, he's just not my king, he's not just my lord, but he is my father, as we talked last week. We're adopted into this family of God. And we live with him. You need to keep reminding yourself about the brand newness of who you are. 2 Corinthians 5. New creation. The old is gone. The new has come. What are you doing with the newness that you've been given? Think about that. 
The newness that you have, do you just keep going back into your sin? Gravitating back into what you've been saved from? You know what I mean? What is the point of being born again? Because it's a brand new start. To be free from what you have been saved out of, what you've been saved from, what Jesus took to the cross for you. Brand new start. Why go back to it? Why gravitate back into the sin that this new creation is bringing you out of? Why, as Paul writes in Romans, why would you seek to gratify your sinful nature? Why would you do that? Jesus went to the cross so you could have the newness of life. I think we receive it because we know we need it, because we feel guilty at times, and we know we mess up. We do all this different stuff. We know it. We want the forgiveness of God. Now, how are you going to live in the power of the Spirit to live in what he's given you? Why go back? It's, it's, it's like taking this, 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 I don't know, maybe a better way to say it. Maybe taking this, this, this person that, that is so broken down and destroyed and ravaged by sin. And Jesus, brand new, like a brand new baby, even smelled good. And then you go, but I'd rather have that. Let me go back into the brokenness and let me get back into being ravaged by that sin. In my brand new, let me put on my old, dirty self. Now he sets you free. Born again. I mean, there's never been an ugly baby. You know what I'm saying? They're all cute. You're cute again. You know what I'm saying? All inside, God made it all brand new. There's everything about you is good. Why go back? So I wake up tomorrow and, and think about it this way. I have been born again. This is a new me. And today, I have an opportunity to live that new me. Today. God, Father, I need you. I can't do this without you, or else I'll end up back in the old me. I'll back up being ravaged by that sin. God, I need you today. Help me to live this newness that you went to the cross so I could have it. Amen? Be born. How many of you have been born again? Let me see. Let's do what we can do with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live it. That's the kingdom life. Not, not perfection. It's not about achieving something. It's about living in the freedom he's given you. Amen? But, but I will say this. If, if you're here today and you've never been born again, how about we, we close out right now? We'll close with this. That, that whole being born again is a new identity with a new family, the opportunity of a new upbringing, a new way of living, a new kingdom. If you've never been born again, in other words, maybe you know that you've been in sin. 
I want to give you an opportunity this morning to, to have that newness with him. Let's just all bow our heads and pray this morning. So listen to what I'm about to say. There is no too, sin too great that Jesus can't forgive it. There is no sin that has been done too many times that Jesus can't wipe it clean. There is no person that's too far gone from the grace of God. That every person that simply cries out to him, he will respond, as the Bible says, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when I was 17 years old, I came to a realization that I was broken. I came to a realization that I was lost. I came to a realization that there were certain sins in my life that, that were not good and they were destructive to me. I came to those decisions. And I didn't even, I wasn't even sure, to be honest with you, if I really believed I could do this Christian thing. I just know I was lost and broken and needed help. And I just turned and, and gave in to what I knew to be true. And that there was a God out there for some reason loved me enough that he would forgive me. Now, I want to encourage you if, you, if you know today that, yeah, you know what, there's certain things about me that are broken, there's certain sins in my life that I know are destructive. And maybe you're like me, maybe you're not even sure you can live this Christian thing, but you know you need forgiven. I want you to respond to him this morning, because I believe he's speaking to your heart, just to ask him to forgive you of your sins and help you live a life with him. That's what I discovered. I wasn't sure I could do it, but then I realized that he was going to help me do it, and that I could. It wasn't easy all the time, but I could. So let me, let me pray a prayer. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to simply say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Give me a brand new life. Give me a restart. Hit the restart button. And commit yourself to following him. And while I'm praying, if you do that, when we're done, just come up and I want you to let me know so I can talk to you just for a minute and give, give you some counsel and some direction, okay? Lord, we thank you for your wonderful grace and your forgiveness that you would come in order so we can be born again, brand new, a new start. So Father, help us today to live in you, and to live into what you have given us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me my sins. And Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on this church, the people of this church. Forgive us our sins. And Lord, help us live in the newness of life that you've given us. Again, Lord, a new identity, a new family, a new upbringing, a new way of being. Thank you, Lord, for giving that to us. In Jesus' name, we all say.
Amen. All right. Well, if, you, if, you've, if you've cried out to Jesus this morning for the forgiveness of your sins, please come see me. I'd like to talk to you. Other than that, Wednesday night, we'll be back. Uh, Romans, we're getting near the end, but Romans on Wednesday, we're continuing our book series. And next Sunday, just invite somebody out. Have a great, wonderful week. If you're heading over to the Bakken Church with us for this uh, water park thing, get your kids ready. We'll be leaving in just a few moments. Be blessed as you go today.